Hmm. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Uh, welcome to the PHNX uh, uh, Wildcat Show. Shout out to OG's Brands, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. Head on over to OG's Brands to see their uh, full lineup and find where you can purchase. All right, joined by the venerable John Schuster and the precocious, we'll call precocious Brett Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. All right, we got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk about, well, um, I believe I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave something here that has nothing to do even with the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game to me encapsulates why the Pac-12 is kind of dead. In that growing up, Cal was always kind of decent. You know, they would probably cheat to get a few players that they really shouldn't. Your, uh, you know, your Lamont Murray's, your Jason kids, but you always had to take them seriously. There was absolutely no talent on this Cal team, and on top of that, there was nobody in the arena. Absolutely nobody to call it apathetic and lethargic. I think is an insult to apathy and lethargy. Uh, John Schuster or lethargy for that matter. A poor uh, Todd Bozeman, who was 30 years ahead of his time. He really was Uh, a man. You you know, Bozeman right now would be changing the dynamic and it's a difficult job up there at a school where you should have an opportunity to to succeed. But now uh, Cal gets to get rolled here by the ACC and we don't have to worry about him. By the way, that's one of my resolutions. I'm going to start off with a resolution right out of the gate here because I know we love resolutions. My resolution is I don't give a bleep about any of the Pac-X teams that are going to other conferences. Do not care. Don't care if Oregon has a recruit. Don't care what USC and UCLA are doing. Don't care. It's all about the Big 12 adventure coming up. You have to play them right now, and you talk about them right now and all the rest of it. But how they do in the tournament in March, I do not care. Uh, that's so, so, so there, that's out of the way. Okay, now to get on to the show. It seems, uh, you you know, since we want to start with critical aspects here, uh, I guess uh, Boswell had four early turnovers. All right, that's a wrap. Let's go. It was a pleasure seeing you guys. Have a happy new year. Right. Uh, Brad Alice, I guess he doesn't want to take that question. Uh, you can uh, you you can chime in if you want about it. To me, it was just kind of an encapsulation of what's wrong with the Pac-12 this game, this entire game. And this is maybe what's been wrong with the Pac-12 for quite a while because it's been how long since Cal was good. Um, and, yeah, you're right. When I was, I think, up until about 90, when did Bozeman get there? Because he turned it around. Because Cal was the doormat when I right. first started watching. But then they started getting those guys. And we can go down. They always had a 6'4 guy who could ball. They always had, uh, you know, some foreign big guy. But, you know, whether it was. You had a Sean Lampley on every single team. Yeah, the Sean Lampley on every team. You had an annoying uh, Randy Duck off the bench. But you had the Ed Grays of the world. You're right. The Lamont Murrays of the world. They always had. I mean, they've had a ton of Pac-12 players of the year. And they right. were usually on teams that went 21 and 10 and didn't make it out of the first round of the NCAAs, but it made that trip interesting because Stanford was also good. When was the last time either of the Bay Area teams were good? It's been a long time. And that's part of, with Arizona kind of being up and down as a national power, uh, with UCLA going through coaches far too frequently, it kind of sums up why the Pac-12 has been, in many cases, the fifth or sixth of the power, you know, five power six conferences, if we count the big East and the fact that Cal basketball has not been able to retain the best Bay area players. Stanford has not been able to be a power. 
you know, Washington has not been able to keep uh, the best players in Seattle. If they have, they still can't win games. Again, what was what's his face's record? He had more first round draft picks than than tournament appearances, like seven to none. Um, yeah, so that's part of the problem, and that's why, unfortunately, and again, I know it's mostly driven by football, but in no small part, we saw some of the same things in football that there's not going to be a Pac-12 after this year. Right. And I, and again, I think a big part of it too is when they just kept flashing to the, uh, the arena, there was absolutely nobody there. And when I say there was nobody there, I mean that the only people there was like Bruce Pascoe and maybe like two other people. And that was essentially it. Um, well, first of all, let's again, why are you scheduling conference games when there's no students there? And um, I don't think this would have mattered though, Brad. I don't think, and, well, I think what hurt is it's also basically new year's weekend. So a lot of True. Arizona fans who might have been going probably have plans. Um, you know, it's it's it is what it is. But I guess they got four grand for women's basketball earlier in the day. That's that's kind of cool. Although right. they're probably all Stanford fans. All right, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about some of the parts with Arizona. Then, um, first thing, are we are we worried about Kylan Boswell at this stage? Um, four turnovers in a ba- basically the first five seconds of the game um, hasn't really looked good in quite a while. And I think for Arizona to be good, he needs to be good. Chu, are we, are you at all worried about him or no? Well, uh, at the moment, no. And I think one of the good new, one of the good elements about uh, this conference uh, having inconsistency is that it gives a player like Boswell an opportunity to get more comfortable uh, before the big games, uh, in, you know, three months from now. So I think that's good. There's still what whatever the learning curve is or whatever the step back is, whatever isn't gelling quite right with him, I think it's fixable. Uh, and I think Arizona's going to need it uh, if they want the backcourt group that they think they can throw at other teams to ultimately be successful. Because you look at some of the other guys, Bradley and Lewis look like they're playing pretty well. And, and, and Love is, uh, you know what you're going to get out of Caleb Love. And generally speaking, it's pretty good. So we've seen that Boswell can play well. That's the thing that helps. Uh, you know now, he's capable. That's yeah, why we're asking for it. Right. Well, you, you, you know, so it, that that's different than being in some of the, like one of your arguments last year may have been how good is Creasa really? You know, or uh, and 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 then you get to the point where, well, you know, has he maximized an ability? Boswell is going through a slump, whatever that is. Whether he can't, uh, whether he isn't gelling, fitting, if he's just missing the shot, whatever it is. But because of of conference play the way it is, I think Arizona's going to get its fair share of thirty point wins. And because it gets its fair share of thirty point wins, you got to you give a guy like Boswell an opportunity to be comfortable and hopefully be the contributor we think he can be. All right, I see Utifo in here. We're going to get to your guy Pella here in a second. But William Brad Alice, are you concerned about uh, Kylan Boswell at this stage or no? No, although uh, maybe we temper our expectations. I'll tell you, the other guy who has had kind of two rough games in a row is Kashad Johnson. He had just an okay game tonight as well, uh, which was weird because he started out really strong. But um, no, because, we again, we've seen Boswell do it. I think I hate to say it. She made a good point. With Creesa, uh, we weren't hurt. sure. We knew he was capable of knocking down some threes occasionally, but in reality, he was like a 30% three-point shooter. He was um, a shooter that didn't really shoot well. No, and again, thought anything inside the uh, arc was hot lava. So, <laughs> But we've seen Boswell play at a high level, and the good news is if Boswell cannot, Jaden Bradley can. Or right. in case of tonight, uh, Pella Larson can dish out seven assists with, I think, one turnover. Um, you know, 
even Caleb Love is capable of having the offense to flow through him a little bit, although uh, that's probably not the best case scenario. But you essentially have four or five ball handlers on this team and, and guys who can distribute and, and make passes and play within the flow of the offense. So if Boswell is is struggling, you know, he can see his minutes trim back. Right. And the team doesn't suffer, and sometimes they excel, as the case has been the last few games, where Bradley and Lewis have really sparked this team. All right, I want. I think that I think you hit the nail on the head there. But you don't have to worry about it so much because Brad, uh, Jane Bradley, um, has played very, very well. But I'm going to disagree with both of you guys. I am a little concerned about Boswell. This is a, you know, again, this is a little bit of a trend for me at this stage. And um, there's been quite a few games we talked about where Arizona's played better without him on the court. And again, I think the reason I'm a little concerned, though, fellas, it might is maybe for the same reason you're not, is that we know that he's capable. We've seen that he's capable. Um, I just don't know quite what's going on because, again, Arizona needs him to be an impact player. Tell me that I'm wrong. Well, a couple of things that Brad brought up, I think, that is uh, very important. And by the way, you've got a comment up here from somebody who is saying, are we kid gloving him? I'd like a second, uh, a little bit more depth in regards to that question. I don't entirely understand it, whether he's talking about the three of us or whether he's talking about a coaching approach, perhaps that is giving, uh, I think he's talking about a bit more. I think he's talking about the three of us. If it's the three of us, it doesn't matter. Uh, but if it's, you, you know, if you believe it's a coaching leash or something like that, then, you know, so, so the comment below seems to be that Mike Luca is perhaps following in line with this. And I, I still think there's plenty of time for him to, uh, get acclimated to what's going on. But as Brad noted, you've got two guys now who, who are improving on a game to game basis. And this is something that Arizona did not have last year, the ability to go to somebody else if they weren't playing well. One of the things we discussed when Arizona lost to, I believe it was Purdue, and Larson didn't play well in the Purdue game, I think we were talking about Boswell not playing well in that matchup as well, is that one of the reasons that you have depth is so that you can go to the bench when somebody has a bad game. True. So like like you guys have noted, um, you know, in critical close matchups in in the conference play that remains, um, you know, then Boswell may be in a position where he has minutes cut. In games like tonight, he should probably play more. You know that be, because Arizona is clearly the better team on the floor. They're they're going to be okay. It's good to uh, I think it's great that they give opportunities to other guys on the roster as well who may be eight, nine, ten, eleven on the depth chart. I think that's excellent experience as well because come tournament time, you don't know sometimes what's going to happen, and you may need a guy for a couple minutes. Uh, but you know, these are opportunities for a guy who we know has talent and just has to figure out, you know, he has to figure out how to get acclimated to whatever is going on. And in one of the uh, broadcasts we had a little bit earlier, I think Ben uh, talked about how maybe it's an ego thing that he hasn't just been able to fit in with love at this stage. But you know what? You're in a conference that Arizona's probably going to win. You're in a conference with a lot of games that Arizona is probably going to win by significant margins. And that gives your player a chance uh, to do what we think he can do and give Arizona the depth that we believe is possible and likely come tournament time. Those are the reasons I'm not particularly worried at this stage. All right, now I want to get to uh, I want to get to Crevis uh, uh, here in a second because again, Shu's been talking about this and kind of being that you know Crevis uh, being that trump card coming off the bench, and I think these games are the ones that you try to build his confidence a little bit. But first, game time. You might say, Mike Luke, 
I wanted to go to that California game, but I just thought it would be sold out. You were an idiot if you thought the Cal game would be sold out. But again, check it out with game time. All kinds of good stuff. Again, you can, uh, let's see here, Game Time. Again, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off download to get last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. Check it out. And Circle K, my friends, I went to Circle K today. Today, today, I got $15 of gas, under $3 right now. It uh, uh, at participating Circle K's still the cheapest gas in the city, and you can become part of the inner circle, my friends. If you're not, what are you doing? You need to be part of the inner circle. Uh, join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app. Terms and conditions apply. Visit CircleK.com for details. All right, William, um, Mount Crevis. Well, uh, early in the season, and don't worry, Udafo, we are going to get to uh, Pella Larson here. But Crevis to me is really kind of a uh, an aspect of uh, a part of bringing off the bench that nobody really else, not many other teams in the country have, but bringing in a seven foot three guy that can finish around the hoop. Um, and he showed that early on. We haven't really seen him in the rotation. I love games like this. Get the guy his confidence back because he's going to have to be out there as we get further on into the season as he's the one big coming off the bench. Yeah. I mean, when you take on teams that have legitimate size and obviously FAU did not, um, you're going to need him uh, because again, you don't have uh, maybe Vasar's back, but he's not going to be a factor. Right. Um, and and obviously uh, our our guy, your guy, uh, Dylan uh, is uh, trying to redshirt. He is uh, redshirting. He's not trying. He is. Well, you know, they, they Kirk Kirk Walters tried that too, and he got forced into things. But that, but again, he's redshirting, so uh, that gives you only one other legit big. Um, and although we did see. Billy B gets some first half minutes today. He is still outside of the eight man rotation. And again, he's more of a wing anyway. So Crevis becomes important. And really the only criticism I've had of Crevis uh, of late is his, he's missing bunnies too many of them. Right. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's freshman mistakes. It's putting the ball on the floor. It's pump faking one too many times. It's being hesitant, going up strong. Um, obviously tonight he had 18, he was six or seven from the field. Um, you would have liked maybe more than five rebounds, but when your team is shooting 60%, there's not a lot of offensive rebound opportunities. But that's what they need, folks. He needs to shoot 75% within four feet, and that's that's what they need from him. Anything else is gravy and bonus. And, you know, if he can block a shot, if he can grab four or five rebounds, that is a perfect night for, for Mount Crevis because, again, uh, although people like to criticize the reigning Pac-12 player of the week, um, you know, Balo is still the guy in the middle right now. Right. Yes. Our shoe, you've been calling for Crevis. You've been saying that he's going to be the great equalizer. I like games like this shoe. Generally speaking, only Edward Woodward and Denzel Washington get credit for that level. I have never said that about Crevis. However, I have said that I thought that he was uh, obviously important, as uh, you guys noted, in Arizona's uh, rotation. And he's been a very good player, uh, but it was Ballo who got uh, Cal fouled out today. Uh, so Ballo is still going to be a difficult guy to ultimately deal with, and but a better Crevis helps. And what I think has happened to some degree is that the scouting report is out. You know, Crevis has great 
you know, great basic fundamental skill sets as a freshman coming into a program. There's a reason that uh, he came in with the accolades that he did, and he's shown them. He has a lot of good moves around the basket. He he can handle the ball reasonably well. There's a lot that he can do at this stage of his career. But so, but he was still an unknown commodity coming in. Now that people have seen video on him, I think the uh, scouting report on him from every coach up and down the line that Arizona plays is the second that this guy touches a ball, he's going to put it on the floor. You double team him, right? You 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 and. And that, I think, has frustrated him because now the game's a lot quicker. Uh, it was easy. It's easy for him to move reasonably well against one guy. Uh, but when he's forced to deal with a quick guard who's closing in on him, uh, his ability to kick it back out and move around is not quite as effective at this stage. And I think that's part of the growing aspect of Kriva's game that we hope to see as the year moves along. All right, the question is, how did Cal score 55 in the second half? I don't want to make excuses for Arizona, but this game was over within the first five minutes. Um, well, uh, this was, what was it, 37-2, to two, basically, to start out the game. I mean, this game was over. Again, not making excuses, but this game was over before it started, William Brad Alice. Cal shot 41%. Right. I mean, I know people were – they shot better in the second half. Arizona seemed to be going through the most – it was – frankly, it was a boring game. Um, and if I didn't have to watch it on the Pac-12 app, I would have been flipping to, uh, you know, other games, other um, boring games like Missouri other again. You got ASU States. going on. By the way, Jacob Franklin, what is that ASU score? Hop in here real quick. <laughs> he said he couldn't this come off, in. This office right now, Mike. This office is wild. Like it is. It's seventy-five, seventy-three ASU. They just came back. They took the lead. Gaffney went crazy. It's it is nuts in here. Are we looking at an NCAA tournament uh, ASU performance here? Okay. Anyway, sorry, sorry about that. Go ahead, William. Wait, are we sorry. talking hockey again? They, I think they came from behind to beat someone called Clarkson tonight. Right. In hockey. Right. Um, okay. But no, um, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, so Arizona went through the motions in the second half. Um, they got up twenty really early, like eight minutes in, and it stayed between nineteen and twenty-six the entire game. Right. It was just literally one of those, and, and we've seen this. Um, they didn't need the, the run of death came at the beginning, and then you go through the motions, and it's it's just something that has happened since the Lute Olsen era. Um, they might not quite be as defensively dominant as they were early in the year, but they're they're, they're fine defense. I'm not I'm not, I'm far more worried about turnovers and missing layups late in games than I am their defense. All right, now it is time for the Desert Financial Credit Union. Um, by the numbers, Jacob Franklin. Uh, let's see here. All right, now here's the deal. This is presented by Desert Financial Credit Union, Arizona's number one credit union named by Forbes. All right, um, this story doesn't, these stats don't tell the whole story about the differential between both of these teams, Schuster. Um, Arizona could play Cal 100 times and Cal would never be able to beat Arizona. The game was not as close as the, uh, by the numbers indicated, but maybe that was Desert Financial Credit Union making Cal look a little bit better, just like they generally do with their clientele. That's very, very possible. And uh, <laughs> Cal needs to look better as much as it possibly can. Uh, to, to Cal's credit, I suppose, in the second half, they played hard. So, you know, I, I don't know what opportunities Matson's going to get at a school that really doesn't like sports very much. Uh, but that, can we, let me ask you this real quick. Sorry to interrupt. Sure, sure, sure. Is Cal, why doesn't Cal just get rid of sports at this I, point? I don't know. And, and I, I feel like they're the first um, with that, that will ultimately move in that direction. And uh, as 
as uh, what's the word adversarial as their academic side is to their athletic side. I'm sort of surprised that it hasn't happened yet, but I feel like they're uh, one of the first large, you know, teams yeah, right. from one variation of whatever a power five or a power conference is, and that th- they may be a forerunner and eventually saying just screw it. Right. Uh, but w- which is a shame, uh, you know, to each their own and whatever, but that's a school where you have an opportunity with right. a recruiting base there where you could win. Right. And, and, and I think they've got guys in good position. I think Madsen's got a chance to be a pretty good coach. He's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wilcox is, has, works his butt off there. They're, they're, they have, they have opportunities to be successful. And I think they just don't have the support that they ultimately need to get to where, you know, they become a viable factor. So it's something that uh, works against them more than it should. But, you know, as a result, they're in this uh, this position. And uh, tonight, Arizona was, uh, you know, a much better team that took advantage of it. And this is, you know, to a large degree, you know, yeah, I guess Arizona gave up 55 points in the second half. But they still, the game was never within 20. Right. Uh, 20 was the low, 20 was the cutoff. Cal didn't get it below that. So, it, okay, uh, which means Arizona scored a bunch of points as well. Always had it. It wasn't arm's length. It wasn't 10 foot pole length. It was like three county length in this game. It was it was it, it was a dominant performance by Arizona. And Mike, you were right. And Brad as well. After a while, you know, you're just kind of going through the motions and want to get out of there and hope nobody gets hurt. By the way, before we progress, at least tonight, there was some open court basketball, which allowed us to see Lewis and Love deliver a couple really neat slam dunk highlights, which I did not mind at all. Is Love's a top five U of A dunk? That thing was nasty. That was, was, and you know, honestly, I didn't like, I didn't like the tech. He went to his own bench. Yeah. He didn't look at the kid. I didn't like the tech at all. He wasn't showing anybody up. And that was, like you said, if it's not top five, that's a top 10 type dunk at U of A. That was, that was amazing. Yeah, because I thought he was going to get – I thought he was going to either pick up the charge or get blocked, and instead the cow guy went up and into him, and he just kind of went through that poor cow kid. Yeah, right. And he was um, in the res- the restricted circle as well. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just nasty. And, and you know, Balo had a few nice throwdowns on lobs that didn't look close, and then Balo went up and got it. And, by the way, ASU held on to win. They blocked the shot at the, the buzzer in front of 15 people. And that used to be the best arena other than McHale. And it's empty. It's but again, sad. that to me is that what we're talking about yep. with why the Pac-12 stinks now is when I grew up, when you guys were covering it, when I was reading cat tracks, um, the uh, uh, Maples outside of McHale was the Actually, best. Actually, to, to be honest, and she remembers this, Haas, I always thought was better than Maples. And it's funny because last night, uh, Scooby Wright talked about wanting to dress up as Braveheart and stab footballs. And and I think she remembers this. It's 03, I believe, and Arizona's at Cal. Cal's a top 25 team. And the guy running the Cal student section dressed as a combination of Braveheart and Clockwork Orange. <laughs> he had the bolo hat with the painted eye, but he had the blue and the kilt. And they were their students were better than Stanford's. Um, wow. All right. And well, that sure. place was rocking. Maples was rocking. Um, although Maples had a little bit of the McHale thing with the older clientele. 
Um, you know, even Maple's so- also add a little bit of the Cameron though thing because it's kind of it's closer. It's it is a little closer. Bit more and Cal's like that yeah. dude. Cal's a band box. Right. Um, but they were fun. That was a tough road trip. And yeah, now it's well, ASU can sweep this week. The ASU in Arizona could wind up being tied for first. And ASU is just a mediocre basketball program right now. But right. they're and they, you look they, at basketball. And again, I I, can't, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but you look at basketball, like how many of these programs in this conference have fan bases that really care about basketball? Stanford doesn't care. Cal doesn't care. Oregon State doesn't care. I don't think Washington State cares. I don't think Washington cares anymore. Washington was another place that used to go in there, even with Bob Bender when you would go in there, and that would be a tough place to play. Just now, Pauly doesn't care. USC doesn't care. There's really no the apathy in this conference for basketball, especially is absolutely amazing. And it didn't used to be like UCLA care enough anymore. That's what I bet. Yeah. That's what I said. Uh, And then USC's the, the administration cares. I'm going to show the best. It's really funny when you could argue that ASU might be a top five crowd. And a lot of that's curtain of distraction, but credit them. I mean, right now I think you're obviously, Matt Court or Matt Court, or whatever, calling it out. That's still pretty good for Oregon. Obviously, McHale. Colorado's fans are into it this year because they're good. Utah's usually pretty good, although they're not, not what they were. Um, they might be this year because they're pretty good. But, yeah, the rest of the – you go, you watch those games in Corvallis. It's empty. Uh, Washington State, I think kids go there to study because uh, it's quieter than the library. Um, it's, it's bad. It's a and, bunch of kids from Idaho that go there as well. By the way – uh, no, yeah, because the kids from Pullman go to Idaho to party. That's what a you friend of mine from Washington used to tell me. Wasn't that that guy from the 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 uh, the guy that uh, killed all the? Oh, never mind. I'll probably get into trouble for all that. The uh, the guy that was arraigned on uh, never mind. Nah, uh, your your reference is correct. Yeah, he was. Yes, okay, I was right. All right, but you know where there's more people probably watching the Gila River resorts and casinos with the little blue waves. We've seen this, John Schuster. This is true. That is true. All right, you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit play at Gila.com for more details. Their state-of-the-art gaming floor has it all with 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, and live table games, not to mention Arizona's largest casino sportsbook. Check it out. As always, you will thank me later. And again, this is how big it is. Circle K twice. Circle K twice in the same show. If it's not good enough once, we're going to give it to you twice. I see Jacob Franklin probably thinking to himself, man, I got to get some Circle K on the way home. That's because Jacob Franklin is a smart man. He's also probably part of the Inner Circle as well. Check it out. Join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. All right. Don McClain made an interesting point that I thought um, I hadn't really thought about, but I th- is Umar Ballo the Pac-12 player of the year? No, because it's probably going to be Caleb Love. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was the only other one that I could think of. I mean, and I like Don McClain, the the announcer. But, you know, he he was a little bit of uh, Bill Walton hyperbole tonight. Yeah. Talk about how this was the toughest schedule he's ever seen in the Pac-12. And while it's a great schedule, those yeah. loop teams played some gauntlets. Um, Stanford used to play some gauntlets. Heck, there were some UCLA teams that played some gauntlet. I remember they they'd go on the road one weekend and play Michigan and Duke, and um, so 
but Dom, I, I'd much rather have Don McLean doing that than have um, a, 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 a Casey Jacobson talking about Casey Jacobson. Casey Jacobson is probably the worst commentator going right now outside of uh, Rod Gilmore. Um, you know, uh, but I do not care that Mike Montgomery taught you a bounce pass. This means nothing <laughs> to me whatsoever. You do not need to bloviate about it. Speaking of a player. He just that- needs to tell the story about how he, Ricky Anderson, and Jason Capono were on the same eighth grade travel ball club. Oh, gosh. Can you yeah. imagine those three nerdy white dudes coming into your gym and dropping things? And then how they had to kick Ricky Anderson off because he beat up Casey Jacobson. Well, let's be honest, though. Uh, Capono and uh, Casey Jacobson, much better basketball players than Ricky Anderson. Yeah, but Ricky was pretty darn good. I mean, I- yes, those guys are NBA players. But could you imagine you see those three guys and they had to be dorks in, in eighth grade. And they come right. into your gym and just start bombing threes. Speaking of somebody, though, that looks like he would have been a great Stanford player, Pella Larson, that's for you, Utifo. Well, here's what I have decided um, that uh, here's what I have decided when Pella Larson is playing the all around game that he is very capable of. Again, my bad, Pella, my bad salute emoji, Pella Larson. This team, he, he just provides a little bit of everything that not there's really no not anybody on the team that can quite replicate it from shooting to finishing around the hoop to defending to being a good passer as long as he doesn't do the one or two really dumb things when he's when he's going shoe when he's doing the uh you know the jack of all trades swedish pinball routine th- this team is a real problem the swedish pinball is uh also has this interesting polarizing component about him yeah fans dr- are he drives fans nuts and broadcasters love him I every game that Arizona has done this year, and I'm guessing that maybe this is a little bit this is of Tommy Lloyd. This Tommy is Tommy Lloyd, Lloyd pushing yeah. this. But but they certainly play along, don't they? Well, uh, I, I, here's what, what, what the only thing that bothers the only thing that bothers me is when and you know this is a talking point from Tommy Lloyd because it's wrong. And again, my bad, Pella. Pella Pella is fantastic. I was wrong. When he, when uh, they keep saying, well, you know, the best NBA prospect on the team is Pella Lart. No, it's not. It's not. Anyways, go ahead, John Schuster. Uh, but I think fans, you know, while while broadcasters are certainly convinced that Pella Larson is the best player in the conference, just based on what we've heard so far uh, with 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 the Arizona games that we've come across, it seems that fans are understandably skeptical once Larson gets up against good competition that is going to press him. Uh, today was not an example of that. And this is this is one of those areas where Arizona is capable of winning by 30 against bad basketball teams because it allows Larson to flow a little bit more because teams can't deal with Love and they can't deal with Ballo and they can't deal with uh, Johnson. And then it starts to trickle down. All of a sudden, you got to try to figure out how to deal with this Larson guy. Now, if Larson can solidify that aspect of, and I think that's a very important thing for Arizona, if he can play well-rounded against better competition and isn't, you know, complaining to refs because he's getting nicked a little bit or isn't on the ground a little bit too much or isn't missing open threes or, or going into the vapor lock thought process, then Arizona becomes even more dangerous in the process. But I think at this stage, you know, you're going to get, and I'm a guy who likes Larson. Uh, oh, you you've been on you've been on Larson Larson train from day one. So, you but know, I you're... but I think you know uh, there at at this stage, it's understandable to be concerned about how he performs against the top level competition, 
And the reason that that's a concern is because he's necessary for Arizona to be successful in those games uh, with a roster and a team that has the talent that we can believe that we believe can and should make a deep run that gives them an opportunity to be very successful come tournament time. William? There's nothing flashy about him, and that's why I think people don't – I mean, he's he's a rich man's Joe McClain Joe in many McClain. ways. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's Floor Burns. He's um, – you know, he's a smaller version of Luke Walton without the name. Um, but there's nothing exciting. About. He's not going to do that pull up three like a Caleb Love. He's not going to throw down that dunk like Love did tonight. He's not going to um, make colors like those... Circle K. He's got a little bit of everything. I like that. David, Without the drama there. of the Oracle and Grant location. Um, <laughs> but that's why I think fans <laughs> overlook him because he's just a steady. He's a he's a role player who can occasionally drop twenty. Right. Um, but he just does a little bit of everything, but nothing. That again wows you. That not that, that he's he's not sizzle. There's, he's all state. Thing is um, though, Brad, I think he's the role player that everybody, if he plays as well as he can, would love to have on their roster. Oh, absolutely. Right. But I think when you're when you're a a a fan and not a, necessarily a diehard fan, not a uh, a basketball like I study basketball fan, but then you know the fan who's tuning in and posting on Facebook, going, "Hey, when when's the game? What channel is it on?" Because they they're too busy to Google. Again, he's not flashy like Caleb Love. He's not flashy like uh, KJ Lewis can be, a freak athlete. Um, he's a good athlete, but he's not a great athlete. He's, again, probably not the NBA prospect. He's not 6'8", throwing down monster dunks like Kashad Johnson. He's not a space eater. He's just a guy who does everything fairly well, but maybe nothing great. And a lot of people just don't quite appreciate that. Um, you know, so I think, I think that's one reason, but announcers who, who in most cases should be very knowledgeable about the game, love that type of player. And again, you're right. Tommy Lloyd's hyping them up when they meet with Tommy Lloyd for 20, 30 minutes, uh, before the games, because you know, the coaches have their agenda and his is probably to get Pella his, his, uh, flowers as they say now that I don't know. Yeah. His, right. his props. Now it's time for the draft. It's time for draft Kings. Jacob Franklin, by the way, everybody on here, direct all of this hatred towards Jacob Franklin. This was his remark right here about ASU and Pella Larson. Get, get That's Jacob, a lie. Jacob Franklin. <laughs> I would do again, directed towards Jacob for Franklin. Anyways, draft Kings. Uh, bigger, bigger fish. All right. Let's see here where it is. All right. All kinds of good stuff right now. The uh, NFL is going on. I'm not sure if you guys know or not. The NFL is going on. And guess who is struggling mightily? The Kansas City Chiefs. Guess who is probably the hottest team in the NFL right now? Joe Flacco. Flax is in the house doing his thing. They are going to come out of the AFC. But either way, you might say, Mike, I'm going to bet against everything you just said. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHNX. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on college football only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. The crown is yours. All right, now, oh, this is a long read. Um, <laughs> gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. 
Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas. In Kansas, 21 plus, uh, plus age varies uh, varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, duh. Bonus bets uh, expire 168 hours after issuance. Mm -hmm. League pass reward issued as promo code to redeem subscription and must be claimed by January 15th, 2024. See DraftKings.com slash promos for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gambling resources apply. All right, now. Hey, Mike, real quick. I know you're. Holy moly, was that good. I know you love you some Joe Flacco. I have two stats for you. Hold on. Let's get a parlay pick in here and then we can talk about Joe Flacco. I am going to parlay the Browns coming out of the AFC with the 49ers coming out of the NFC. Nobody, the 49ers have already lost to Flacco once in the Super Bowl. About to see it happen again. Go ahead, William. Wow. So, A, the Browns can still get the one seed. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of things have to happen. Two, with I think it's like 70 yards, um, he'll pass Manziel. Uh, for most yards as a Browns quarterback, he's played seven games. That's how bad Johnny Mansell was, I guess. Wow, that, that is. Uh, and even worse, it's was. something like 31st all-time in, in franchise history. He's played like seven games. Um, so that's how bad the Browns are. You don't want to see him come playoff time, John Schuster. But, well, I don't want to see his defensive end come playoff that's, time. Either. That's a yeah. lot of it. Uh, now, and, hey, you know, he's throw, I, I In fairness, I thought, he wasn't very good in the second half where he only threw for 13 yards against the Jets. Uh, you, you, and, and, and I think that's that's trending in a very questionable direction. I mean, he, he was that's on 13 pace. more yards the Chiefs gave up in the second half and they lost. He they was were on, on 37 to 13. He was on pace to throw for 580 in that game and really only ended with 309. I think that's a very disappointing second half. But, Mike Luke, because of your genius insight, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, which was very happy with me last week, has not been happy with me the last few days because I listened to Mike Luke and took the Flacco slash Browns over parlay against the Jets on Thursday night. And tonight took uh, Arizona and the over. So uh, there's 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 a bit of disappointment. Holiday cheer has come back around after I apparently was in the giving mood last week to DraftKings. All right. Well, I do Wait, like Arizona that. Arizona didn't hit the over tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> was, it was. It was more than one eighty. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Was it more than one eighty? No, no, no. They they did hit okay. the over. Did hit the over. Oh, they hit okay. the over. Both teams were at the over with about six minutes to go. Uh, All right, it now, was rarely in doubt. And yeah, I think might- the line that, that I saw was thirteen and a half. Okay, now you might also say, where else could I get the? Uh, where else could I uh, maybe make some money here? Because where these else guys could I make some money here because yeah, these Ari- guys, the Arizona Lottery, yeah. is where you could make some money. Jacob, Holiday scratchers. Jacob Franklin being very funny behind the scenes, causing a lot of problems. Then uh, making uh, trying to blame it on me, blame it on the short guy. I see what you're doing, uh, Jacob Franklin. I don't like that. Just Either like way, nice in the rain. Arizona Lottery, my friends, check it out. All kinds of good stuff. Um, go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at Arizona Lottery. Must be 21 years older to play. Please check it out and please enjoy responsibly. Again, $1 might get you $500,000. That's what it is. And one last one, Illegal Pete's. All right. Now you might say this Jacob Franklin guy is pissing me off like no other. And... 
where could I find Jacob Franklin? Because he was probably one of the cool guys. You find Jacob Franklin at Illegal Pete's. There's Illegal Pete's in Tucson. There's Illegal Pete's, obviously, in Tempe. If Jacob Franklin ever comes down to Tucson, he would be at that one. Whether you are shopping for a margarita maniac or a queso connoisseur, Illegal Pete's is your one-stop shop. To spread the cheer, grab $100 in Illegal Pete's gift cards and get an extra $25 gift card for free. Look for some fun stocking stuffers. Check out their holiday merch sale. All t-shirts are just $15 through the end of the year. All right, guys. Arizona beats a uh, overmatched Cal team in front of absolutely nobody. You guys are smarter than me. Sum up what we saw out there. John Schuster, then William Brad Alice. We call you the closer, Mariano Rivera. Uh, the dominance that uh, I think a lot of us expected to see. Arizona did. You never complain about slow starts in this one, did we? No. Uh, you know, I think it was twenty-two to five at one point, and it was pretty much a done deal from the get-go. Uh, Cats were a lot more athletic, uh, uh, ran their stuff a lot more motivated, and put this game away early, and it allows them to uh, move on to what we have boldly continue with our bold prediction. Of uh, that uh, Arizona in the last year of the pack X. Yes, this is a silly prediction. Are going to run the table in this conference. They're going to be the first team in this conference to run the regular season undefeated. William, Starting you like tonight. that? No, of course he doesn't like that. That, that, that That's an it's absurd happened, prediction. I, well, I think you're I making think, it I anyway. I saw somewhere that one of the, the things had Arizona winning. I think Ken Palm has them winning by six games, and it, it, that could happen. Uh, it's just not a good conference. Um, this is like a, a TV show that lasted too long. If you watch the very beginning of it, that's all you need to see. If you watch the first eight minutes, all you missed was a couple dunks because it was it was over by the eight minute or the you know twelve minute mark of the first half. But at least Brad, they were really good dunks. They were really good dunks, but it was again. I almost fell asleep. It was that kind of game where Arizona went through the motions for about thirty minutes and still won by. This and they scored a hundred. They this scored is, 100, won by 19, <laughs> hit the over. Um, if Meisner's numbers are correct, then they 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 beat the spread. Although someone else said they didn't. Um, what do you, you guys know. What do you guys think about ASU alum Jacob Franklin uh, t- uh, typing in here that he wishes that ASU would give up sports? What do you guys think about that? That doesn't seem. Uh... Are we sure that's not Michael Crow? Oh, Jacob Franklin, aka Michael Crow. This is I was actually very that Brad. That was actually very funny. I didn't I, mean I it mean, like they that. They can't give up. They can't give up sports because they're okay at hockey, and I think they still are really good at wrestling. Yeah, you know, and besides, that, that's a very, very good point. All right. Um. Oh yeah. Go over and make fun. <laughs> go over and make fun of Jacob Franklin. By the way, now. I don't know if you guys were watching Stanford with two just god awful possessions in that game. Uh, the point guard over penetrates on one and basically has the ball just stripped away. And then on the next one, guy goes up for the game tying three because and just gets it stuffed right back in his face. I don't believe uh, Jared Hass has ever had a winning season at Stanford, which tells you all you need to know about his eight year run there and about how they don't care about. Sports. They don't care. I mean, that's I think that's the bigger job security is. at its finest. Become the Stanford basketball coach. Didn't they run, I mean, they, they used to run some pretty good coaches. Oh, OK, coaches out of there. But no, yeah, he. I guess they're going to have to probably make a change when they go to the ACC. It's still weird (laughs) and dumb. It makes no sense for the ACC either. All right. I don't get it. All right. They just want some good schools for Virginia to play in in the academic decathlon. (laughs) William, do you want to hop on the post game on uh, Sunday? That'll probably work. Yeah. All right. Now that's called a tease, everybody. All right. No no hockey this week, so I can do it. 
You guys are absolutely fantastic. Appreciate all of you. Jacob Franklin coming to his senses. Jacob is a leader, as we all know. But for the venerable John Schuster, the precocious Brad Alice, I am merely Mike Luke. We will be back with you on Sunday postgame. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Thank you.